Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, Super Achievers. For this episode, I'm interviewing Brendan Kumarasamy. Brendan has a YouTube channel called Master Your Talk, where he shares videos on public speaking for purpose-driven individuals to communicate their ideas to the world. Welcome, Brendan. Thank you for joining us today. Of course, Christine. It's happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I love your YouTube channel. So, but before we get into that, (laughs) if you could share a little bit about your background with the listeners. Yeah, of course. So, so my name is Brendan. I'm the founder of Master Talk. It's a YouTube channel I started to help the world master the art of communication. And how I got started was uh, when I was in business school, I used to do these things called case competitions. So think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So while other guys my age were playing football or soccer or something else, you can't really look at me right now, but I'm not very equipped for those things. But I did, <laughs> So what I did instead was I focused all of my competitive energy and spirit on presentations. So that's what I did competitively. So in three years, presented hundreds of times, coached dozens of people. And then when I started working in corporate Canada, I guess, in my case, I'm based in Montreal, I just asked myself this deeper question about life, which is what now? Like now that I have the financial security, how can I make a difference in the world? And I just realized that a lot of the content on public speaking was really bad on on YouTube. So I started making videos in my basement and then one thing led to another. And here we are today. Oh, well, and I love your YouTube channel. So one of the things, um, well, I mean, you talk about Master Talk. So knowing that, and and I know this too from going into organizations, because one of the classes that is most requested uh, from our catalog is related to giving presentations virtually or in person. So I know a lot of people, well, I mean, what is it? Is that like uh, they fear that more than death itself or something? <laughs> But I know a lot of people need some uh, some tips with that. So what what would you recommend for our listeners? Right. I think what would be interesting to talk about, Christina, is that not many people talk about in the industry, is where does the fear of public speaking even come from? Ooh, yeah. Right. Because we... You know, we we present, to, we give corporate workshops to all these different companies, all these organizations, and guests on shows across the world. And it doesn't matter where you live or who you are. We all seem to share the sphere, but we none of us understand the origin. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully, I can shed some light on that. Oh so, yeah, let's dive in. Yeah. So the question we need to ask ourselves is: Where have we given the vast majority of our presentations? That's where the answer lies. And for most of us, the answer is school. Yeah. High school, college, university. Almost 100% of the presentations we've given in our lives are entirely mandatory. We don't wake up one morning and say, hey, Christina, you, you want to get breakfast and present all day? It's not a thing. <laughs> we, don't, we don't wake up. Some of us it is, but... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for like 10 people in the country. For you and I, but for most people. <laughs> it's like me, you, and eight other people. That's, I know, huh? <laughs> So I just, I guess, building on that analogy further, we're sitting in high school because that's where we learn all of our presentation habits. Even if you're a senior executive listening to this, this is where the origins of this story begins. Yeah. So we're sitting there and three things happen. One, we never get to pick the topic. And if we do, it's generally something we're not passionate about. So think about the Renaissance in history class. So people are thinking it's probably a fruit. So for the record, it's a time <laughs> period in history. <laughs> And you're sitting there like, okay, I'm 50 and I have to figure this out. Number two, 
The students that you're presenting to don't care to listen to you. And not because they don't like us as people. We're all amazing people. The issue is that they're not paying attention to you because they have to present after you. So, yeah. when we're, so when we're standing up there and we're giving a workshop or a presentation about history and we're thinking to ourselves, wow, I must be a really bad speaker. Nobody is, nobody's paying attention to me. It's not because of that. It's because I'm sitting in the room biting my nails because I got to talk about Egypt <laughs> in 10 minutes. <laughs> and then the third thing is teachers. Teachers are very well, very well intentioned, very well educated, but also very stressed. You have 50 students, 75 students in a classroom, and you got to go through all of their individual presentations in two classes. Do you really have time to coach every single one? The answer is obviously not. So let's repeat that. You never get to pick the topic. You're always presenting to students who don't care, and you're always being coached by teachers who don't have time to coach you. And this behavior gets repeated in everything. Yeah. Math, sciences, languages, gym, music, on and on and on. We're taught to believe that public speaking is a chore. It's a responsibility. If you're at school, Christine, it's tied to a grade. And if you're at work, it's tied to a result. And if you fail at any part of that journey, you'll get punished for it. Whether it's a lower grade or whether it's a promotion you don't get at work. So what's the punchline? The punchline is understanding the following. The fear of public speaking has nothing to do with us, but rather the system in which we grew up learning the skill in the first place. Yeah. The origin story for us. There you go. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So it starts out as... Uh, essentially triggering our fight or flight because it's something completely unpleasant for most of us. Some of us really enjoy speaking on a platform, <laughs> but but for most of us, no. So that's the origin. So now that we know that, what do we do about it? Right. And back to what you were saying about some people enjoy it. I was definitely not one of those people. You know, really? Like when I was five years old. I, so for, for those who don't know, Montreal is one of the few cities in the world, in Canada, where very a very small percentage of the population only speaks one language. So most people either speak two or three. And French is a required language in the city. If you don't know it, you just can't do business here. So my parents looked at me and they said, well, if you want to be successful, Brendan, you got to learn French. So they threw me into a French education system. So my whole life, obviously I'm grateful now I speak three languages, but the point I'm driving is not only was I uncomfortable with presentations like everyone else was, but I had to give presentations in a language I didn't even know. So I'd stand up there as a first grader or a second grader and look at the crowd and say, bonjour, and just <laughs> not know what was going on. So trust me, I get where the fear comes from. Absolutely. And the way that we solve this, Christine, is by asking ourselves this fundamental question that I want everyone to reflect on. That question is the following. How would the world change if you were an exceptional communicator, hmm. if you're one of the best in the world, and however it is, and however you define that for the life you want to live, how would the world change? Because what most people don't get, Christina, and this is the way I coach it anyways, public speaking has very little to do with presentations. For me, public speaking is everything. It's the tough conversation you have with your your spouse, your husband, your kids, your girlfriend, your boyfriend. It's the long dinners you have 
with your friends where you're yelling at each other on controversial subject is the way that you build relationship is the way that you do business. It's the way that you do everything. So by painting that world in which you're a great communicator in the life you want to live, that is the framework in how you tackle the fear. Hmm. Okay. So tell, tell us more about that. Absolutely. I just, I just hate going on <laughs> monologues. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it's intriguing. That was a good teaser. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. So, uh, again, example with 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 one of the people I work with. So, let's say he he would say something like, "Oh, what? Why do you want to get better at English?" Let's call him Steve. So, Steve might go, "Oh, you know, if I get better at communicating, I could get a visa." And I go, "Okay, that's great." And then let's build on that. And then after a series of why, 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 eventually, Stephen says something like this. Well, actually, Brendan, you know, I always wanted to show my wife the world, but since I wasn't that great of a communicator, I, I never had the confidence to do it. But if I was a really good communicator, I could show her Indonesia and like take all these magical trips and she wouldn't have to worry about a thing. That is why Stephen needs to master communication, not because he needs to do better at work. That's not incentivizing enough. It's not uh, thrilling enough as an opportunity to get us to really spike up our communication skills, but rather saying, hey, you know, a lot of these fights I'm having with my partner is mostly due to miscommunication. If I just got better at understanding where the other person is at and understanding how to communicate in a way that's clear and concise, my life will just be better. Hmm. So first step is know your why, your real why. Right. And, and and to build on Simon Sinek's point there, I would even add, understand your public speaking why. Like, what does that world from a communication perspective look like for you? And for everyone, that answer is going to be very individual. Like for me, it's about doing great things, building groundbreaking technology and ideas. And, and the way to do that is to communicate effectively or else you can't really share anything with anybody. But exactly. for but for other people, you know, it's running better workshops. It's it's having better conversations, and then once we have that paint that that picture set up, and we know exactly what's happening, now the next thing that we need to do is getting quick wins within your communication that allows you to believe that you can be an exceptional communicator. One of the exercises I do that I would love for everyone to implement their daily lives is what I call the random word exercise. So essentially what you do is you pick a random word and you make a presentation out of it. And I'm happy to demonstrate this. You have, Feel free to give me a random word, Christina. Toilet. Toilet. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you put me on the I got that one in a speaking class. I'm interested to see how you take it. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, trust me, I've gotten much harder than toilet. <laughs> so, so here I go. So now, just just for the record, for everyone listening, now I have to create a presentation out of thin air with the word toilet. So here I go. Okay. As I'm sitting in my house and I start to wonder how much peace I feel in this moment, not because of the basement. That I usually spend my time and not because of the kitchen where I usually have dinner with my family, not because of the living room where I can watch TV all day, but because of the bathroom. Not many people know this or are afraid or too afraid to share it rather, but the toilet is a great place for us to relax. For us to reflect and think about the moments that matter, whether it's the things that we need to do today or the goals that we have tomorrow. The toilet allows us to come up with our best ideas. So I encourage you to not just think about your toilet to get things done, but to also dream and inspire and create new ideas for the world to learn from. 
It's obviously just kind of. Oh my God, kinda, I love it. Yeah, kind of. My just, husband would be in such agreement with you. <laughs> So I guess I guess building on there's a couple of things I always like to point out with this exercise that I'm sure you're familiar with. So one, never compare yourself to somebody like me or Christina. And the reason is because in my case, anyways, I've done this exercise 2000 times. Even when I don't want to practice, I have to <laughs> on a podcast just for the sake of showing how, how to do it. Number two, all I'm asking for is five minutes of your day every day. You pick five words. You don't have to practice with anybody. You don't even need to do the exercise. If you're outside in a public setting, you can look at a building and just say, if I was doing this exercise, what would I say? How would I say it? And you can just psychologically think about it. But the third thing that is the most important is why this exercise is important. Because a lot of business people are listening to this. They're like, do I really have to talk about toilets for a minute? This makes no sense. (laughs) I'm an SVP at IBM. This seems ridiculous to me. (laughs) But the reason this is important for those who are listening, is because of mindset, not tactic. If you can talk about nail polish, tampons, really hard words, especially for a guy like me to do, and I've done all of those words and words, (laughs) when you get back to a presentation or a topic you actually know a thing or two about, that presentation that you once feared suddenly becomes a joke. And that's why the exercise matters. Yeah. And it gets you, it helps you really think on your feet too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of improv there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we have to know our public speaking why we do quick wins, one of which would be the random word. What are some other techniques do you recommend? Right. So so another thing I always like to talk about that not many people do is this idea of where does confidence actually come from in a communication perspective. You know, a lot of people recommend drinking a glass of water or breathing or power posing and all that stuff. And I'm I'm very anti that kind of stuff. And let me explain why. So I think there's two parts to confidence. One part is preparation. So that one's obvious. We all know it. You just prepare more times and yeah. You just do better. It's like you, Christina, your episode one. Well, your episode today is a lot better than it was when you started. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> and that applies for me, too. I'm not, I'm not excluding this. All of us. Myself. All yeah. of us. Yeah. 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 I, I leave up my old YouTube stuff on purpose. Don't be shy to look at the horrendous stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, so, so preparation is definitely one. But the second part of the conversation that not many people talk about is this idea of having a belief system. Why are you actually presenting? What is your point of view on how the world should be? The reason most people are not confident is they don't have a reason for being on stage. If people tell you to breathe, the issue is you're already breathing, so that's not really good advice. But the other part of it is it acknowledges the fear rather than addressing the core issue, which is having an understanding of how the world should be. And I'll use myself as an example. I started Master Talk when I was 22 years old. How in nice. the world does and the point of driving with that is why would an executive listen to me? How does that make any sense? The my average client age is in their late 40s. Why do they listen to me? And how am I able to show up with confidence? Two reasons. One is preparation. You know, I've presented over a thousand times despite the youth. But the second thing that's more important is I believe in a world where every single human being should have access to free communication tools. Who's serving 16-year-old Julia in a high school? You know, she wants to be a leader. She wants to share ideas that matter. She goes on YouTube, types public speaking tips, and what does she find? 
She finds a bunch of old white dudes in their 70s who don't know anything about communication. Yeah. <laughs> so if I don't post videos, nobody else will. And for me to put out the content that I put out, since you've seen the videos, I need to spend good money on video production. Those videos aren't cheap, even if my friend does them, which means I need financial resources. And the best way to do that is not through 16-year-old girls, but rather 47-year-old executives. Yeah. So it's not about – obviously, I deliver the result and all that stuff. But the the big underlying thing, because the issue with people is not that they can't deliver the result, is that they don't know where to get the confidence from. But for me, I'm always thinking about Julia because I'm always making the videos for her, which means I need to step up and have the wisdom, have the humility – and coach these people because I know I can deliver it. But it's because of that point of view that allows me to look at an SVP or a CEO and say that you have no idea what you're talking about from a communication perspective. That takes guts, but it, above all, it takes a belief system on what you're actually trying to achieve. Yeah. And what I'm also hearing in that too is with that belief system is getting yourself out there, right? So saying yes, getting that experience under your belt so many different times so that you you feel more confident as you do it. Absolutely. And to build on your your amazing point there, one question that can help people think about this, because I know it's challenging to kind of get to this crazy level of beliefs. And <laughs> what, what does chapter one look like? And the question for chapter one is the following. Who suffers from your inability to take action? So every day you have this idea, right? Whether it's, you know, recipes, whether it's something you want to tell your kid, it doesn't really matter what the thing is. So every day you need to understand the negative consequence of not doing that thing. So for most people, Christina, option A is to do the thing, you know, present, give the presentation, talk about these tips or share some ideas at work. And option B is just, you know, watching Netflix, you know, I don't really need to share these things or do it in a way that's, that's uh, inspiring to people. But my version of option A and option B is option A is make the videos or option B is watch Julia suffer. Because I know I'm very clear on the person I'm serving. So because of that, my ultimatum is I always need to keep making the videos. And that's why I'm three years ahead of my content schedule, because I'm so obsessive about what I do. So if people got more clear, just to kind of recap what we discussed so far, how would the world would change if they were exceptional communicators? And this doesn't need to be a YouTube channel. This could be the teams that you're inspiring at work to be more productive and to do inspiring things with their careers. Or, or and rather, who suffers if you don't become an exceptional communicator? If you just answer these two questions, I think from a mindset perspective, you'll be a lot more aligned uh, for public speaking. Oh, huge. Yeah. I like that you say chapter one, too. And you kind of referred to it a little bit earlier, too, is you'll look at these people who are very confident and comfortable speaking and be like, why aren't I there? I suck. Yeah, right. So realizing that you're in your chapter one and they're like in their chapter 100. So knowing and giving yourself, um, what is the word, maybe compassion that you need to learn in order to get there. Absolutely. And just and just to build on that for people who are kind of nervous, you know, maybe you're a manager in a company and you're scared that you don't want to uh, present in front of 200 people because you don't see yourself in the same shoes as like a senior vice president, right? And the way that I think about this is understanding what being an expert means. I think society has it wrong in the sense of being an expert is you have a PhD or you have this credential. 
no, that all of that stuff in my obviously it's good to have, but it's not mandatory by any means. The way I think about it is being an expert just means you're a chapter ahead of somebody else. Exactly. That's it. Like yeah. if I if I need to know more about podcasting because I don't have a podcast, I asked Christina. I was like, "Oh, Christina started this thing. Let me get her experience." <laughs> right? Like she just knows more than I do. Uh, like you know more than I do on the subject. That's all. So as long as you know a bit more than the next person, you could be, um, you know, somebody working at a nine to five at a bank. But if you're passionate about marathons and you got seventh place at a marathon, to you that might not seem like a big deal. But to someone else who is afraid to run a marathon ever. That's inspiring, yeah. or or right? a mile, or a mile, <laughs> which is which is my case probably, but, but yeah. So 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 there's always an idea worth sharing, and that's why I'm so passionate about this stuff. Yeah. So I so we we know our why. We get some quick wins in. We build that confidence through our belief system and experience. Any other any other things that people could do? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think one easy way of thinking about this, I probably should have front-loaded this, but it's worth talking about for those who are still on, is what I call the puzzle method. So, so the way that I think about public speaking is it's a lot like a jigsaw puzzle. You know those thousand-piece puzzles that you do with your family or the people in your house? Yeah. So, so if I asked you, Christina, which pieces do you usually start with first and why? <laughs> definitely the uh the corners the you know the around so that i because it's easier <laughs> and and you'd be absolutely right to say that so the question we need to ask ourselves is why don't we do that in public speaking we have two days to prepare for a presentation so what do we do we shove a bunch of content in because we're we got seven meetings that day so we don't have that much time to focus on it and then it's presentation day we get to the last slide and we do this uh so uh thanks <laughs> Whereas the key, uh -huh. right, whereas the key to, to practicing, the way I coach people on this, and feel free to just take this for yourselves, is you do the intro. Start with the edges first, essentially. Do the intro 100 times, not 10 times. Do it 100 times because it won't take you that long. It'll take you an hour and a half, right? It's a minute each. Do the same thing with the conclusion because what's a great movie with a terrible ending? A terrible movie, right? It's the same yeah. thing. 50 to 100 times. And then the third part of that is you'll realize very quickly how great you actually are as a speaker because nobody in the world, very few people anyways, have done the same introduction a hundred times. So they go, wow, I'm actually really good at this thing. And yeah. then tackle the middle. But one thing I want to emphasize, much like a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle, you never usually do the puzzle alone. It's lonely. It's boring. So team up with somebody, do it as a group. I never practice my keynotes alone. Even today with you know all the keynotes and all the stuff that I do, I still don't do it alone. I get my friends yeah. to give me feedback and then I tackle the middle with somebody else and we do the pieces together. That's the way that you should be practicing. Nice. I love it. Now you have mentioned uh, some of the services you provide. Can you say more about that? You do some coaching and then of course you have the YouTube channel. Yeah, absolutely. So, so for those who want to check out the YouTube channel, check it's master talk in one word. So I share all of my tips for free. My goal is really just to democratize this stuff so everyone can can get better at communication. And if you want to message me directly for coaching all that jazz, uh, Instagram is probably the best way. So my handle there is master your talk. Excellent. Yeah. And I see that's on your about so they can uh, subscribe to your master talk, be part of your community um, and then check you out on Instagram as well. Absolutely. Nice. Any any uh, any other thoughts or final piece of of pieces of advice on uh, the fear of public speaking and overcoming it? Right. I think the only advice left giving in the context of of this skill is is this idea that 
I believe, and that's why I started Master Talk, is everyone has an idea worth sharing. It's not about uh, you know being a YouTuber or being a podcaster or being on stage in front of 10 million people, if that's even possible, but rather saying, what is the one tour thing in my, in my life that can add value to one other person? And as long as you have that, by my definition, you have an idea worth sharing. And I think life's too short not to share it. So I encourage you all to take that first step. Like when I started Mass Truck, I had no clue what I was doing. I had a phone, no budget. I was in my mother's basement and it turned into what it is today. So if I could do that, I'm sure, since most of you are probably older than me, you can do a lot more than I ever could. So keep running and share your ideas with the world. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today, Brendan. Of course. Pleasure and honor was mine, Christina. Thanks for having me. If you'd like to learn more about Brendan, check out his YouTube channel, Master Your Talk. Did you know that time is not your most limiting resource? To find out how to increase your productivity and have more time to do the things you love, visit secrettosuperproductivity.com.